ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Pleased to be joined this time around by PGA Tour rookie extraordinaire and PGA Tour winner, Austin Cook, live from the Dell Technologies Championship this week up in Boston. Austin, thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, you're welcome. Not a problem. So certainly a big event this week. You're trying to move on in the, the FedEx Cup playoffs, but I got to start by looking back to last week you had a ton of people out to watch you specifically play in the final round <laughs> at the northern trust the fact that you were playing alongside tiger woods was surely just a coincidence but uh you know everyone that, that <laughs> follows you uh, on twitter they saw the picture that you tweeted out of, of taking a picture with tiger afterwards and some of the the nice words you had to say about just the experience i know that uh, your caddy kip henley was pretty jacked up about it we can get into that a little later but just what were your <laughs> thoughts overall about you know when you got the text and you knew you were playing with tiger in the final round yeah i mean you know first off that picture after the round tiger asked to take the picture with me really uh, he needed to boost his social a little bit yeah <laughs> there you go kidding. that's good uh, I think that's good yeah uh but no when we got the message you know friday night or saturday night it was kind of a cool you know little like okay this is actually going to happen. You know, the scoreboard says that it's going to happen, but you never know. They may twist something around on you. And, uh, but, you know, I got the message saying I was teeing off with Tiger at whenever we were. And um, I think I got a little nervous at first just because I was going to play with somebody that I've looked up to, you know, my whole life. Um, but, you know, we got out there Sunday and got on the golf course, and it was great. We had a great time. And, you know, he was a real – it was a real joy to play with him. Um, nice guy, very talkative. Um, just kind of, it was a great, great day that I, it'll be a while before I'll forget it. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, this is something we've seen a few times this year with, with Tiger playing with guys for the first time and, and making for a little bit of some jitters on the first tee for those guys. Is that something throughout the year? Are you looking at the scoreboard when you're kind of close to him to think, hey, maybe I'm going to be able to, to play with him? Or is it something that you're not thinking about until all of a sudden someone taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, looks like you've got uh, T. Woods next to you in, in tomorrow's round? I mean, you always see his name, but – it's not something that I am actively looking, going, you know, how close am I? How, you know, is there a chance? Um, I know some people who, who do that. I know Kip throughout the year, he's uh, he's quicker to say something about it than I am. Um, 
just like, you know, we'll be texting. He goes, okay, somebody birdies here, then we may get to play with Tiger tomorrow. Um, we've, I think we've had three or four times where we've been one tee time off, um, and it finally happened. I think, uh, you know, with Skip being out here, this I think his 14th year, and that was his first time paired with him, um, I almost feel like he was more excited than I was. But, uh, <laughs> no, we, en we enjoyed the moment, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Was there anything about the round that, that kind of blew you away or, or took you by surprise? I know a lot of people, you feel like you have an idea of what that environment is like playing with Tiger and walking alongside him, but then maybe sometimes there's one or two things that, that even stand out afterwards that, that as you reflect on. I mean, just the amount of people, I guess, hollering, you know, between shots and stuff at him. Um, and, you know, some of it good, some of it, you know, not necessarily the nicest thing to say. Right. Um, but you know, things that just stuck out were just, I guess, what you see on TV, you know, how stoic he is, kind of how, you know, concentrated he is and everything. Between shots, you know, he's, he's focused, but, you know, he'll talk and he'll hang, you know, carry on a conversation with you. And um, it just he's just a nice guy. And, you know, whenever you see him on TV with how, I guess, concentrated he is and everything, and some guys made you know, think that he may just stick to himself, but he didn't. I mean, he, you know, we both started conversations and, you know, we kept them going, you know, between shots and, um, you know, I guess didn't really talk much about golf or anything like that, just kind of trying to get to know the guy, um, ask some questions that, I've, you know, you get to know him more on a personal level, level than what you see, you know, on the news and everything. What were you more nervous for, playing Sunday alongside Tiger or teeing off in the Masters for the first time this spring? Oof. Um, probably the Masters. But it was tough. Um, you, you had to think there no, for a definitely second. Definitely the Masters. No, okay. definitely the Masters. Okay. But I do think I told Kip, I go, I think I was more nervous teeing off yesterday and now the Masters as well than I was Sunday at Sea Island. Well, see that that provides a perfect segue because I do have to to talk about your win. You came in you came in off the Web.com tour last year, and you took mm -hmm. care of things very quickly, winning in in some pretty dominant fashion there down at Sea Island at the RSM Classic in the fall. What just quickly walk me back through that week? Did you feel on Tuesday and Wednesday like something special might be in the cards, or was it really until you got into the weekend, you got yourself into the position on the lead that you thought this is my time to pounce? Um, I would. Uh probably definitely the, the later okay. um we got in mexico you know we were hitting the ball all right just things just didn't go our way i think we finished like 56 or something so i wasn't i didn't have a good feel coming into um the rsm and so whenever we got there you know we traveled on monday and i it kind of completely just didn't even cross my mind that with us playing two different golf courses and there being a pro-am, I just now have Tuesday to play a practice round. Um, so I wasn't in the pro-am, and so I, I luckily in college I had played the Seaside Golf Course multiple times at the SEC Championship. Um, so we played the plantation course, and I didn't even play the Seaside Course that week until Friday morning when I went out and shot <laughs> <tried> 62. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. Not too bad indeed. No. Uh, so that was certainly, you know, a spark for you this season. But you haven't had much of a let up. I'm looking back at your stats. You've missed five cuts 
in 27 starts. Coming out and seeing these courses as a rookie, a lot of these places you're seeing them for the first time. What's been the key to, for you to have such a consistent season the first time out? I think, that, you know, just with my golf game, I have, I'm fairly consistent with ball striking. Um, for me, if I'm having an off day, it's compared to others, not that far offline. Um, I typically miss it in spots where I don't get in a whole lot of trouble. Um, but I think that also I have a, a veteran caddy on the back who's been around all these golf courses who knows what to expect on, you know, certain holes or whatever, seen pretty much everything, um, you know, being out here so long, he's, he's got a lot of knowledge about a lot of the golf courses and that definitely helps with me navigating the tracks. Definitely helps to, uh, have a little, the veteran experience in your ear one way or another usually, uh, Definitely. Spells, spells some success. Now, I got to say, you spent a couple years on the web, as we said. Then you come in and you win one of your first starts as a PGA Tour member. Mm -hmm. when, when you're coming mm -hmm. in off of the web, a lot of guys are thinking about, what do I need to do to keep my card? I want to be here for one more season. Now, all of a sudden, you win, and you basically have a three-year exemption. So what was the process like for you? Did you have to adjust some goals going into the rest of the season after RSM? Um, yeah, that's, I mean... You know, coming into the season with being, I played a, a fair amount of a tournament before I earned my card. Um, so I knew that, you know, coming in, I wasn't, my mindset wasn't necessarily just keeping a card um, because I, in those nine events, I had gotten into contention a couple times and um, I'd really proven to myself that I deserved to be out here. So I, I was expecting, definitely wanted to keep a card. Um, but I knew that I could compete, and I was a little more comfortable than some of the other guys. That's the biggest thing coming off the web is just getting comfortable because it is. It's a little intimidating. You know, it's a higher level. It's a different stage, and you just kind of – you just got to learn, you know, how to kind of just be comfortable, I guess. I've, yeah. I know I've said that multiple times. No, I get it. Um, but whenever, you know, we got to the RSM, we played well, and then um, – the biggest thing was after that, I got to pick and choose instead of play when I got in. So mm -hmm. being able to sit in there in November and pretty much map out the rest of the season if I wanted to was a real luxury. Um, and knowing that I'm safe for, you know, until the 2019, 2020 season, that's, that's obviously uh, very important as well. I think you can have a little bit different mindset knowing that you're safe maybe a little more aggressive in situations um, knowing that you are guaranteed next week to play um, than some guys who are going, okay, I need to par out on Sunday um, or, you know, shoot one under on these last four holes or whatever it may be to play next week to give myself another opportunity to keep my, my card. Um, so they may play a little more hesitant or, you know, more conservative, but, um, you know, getting to map out the schedule was a big thing for me and being able to, have the luxury to take off a tournament when my body is telling me that I'm too tired. Yeah. Now, you're one of, of three rookies that have won this season on the PGA Tour. Satoshi Kadara has won, as has Aaron Wise. Right now, the Rookie of the Year race, is, it's shaping up like uh, a head-to-head -head battle with you and Aaron Wise. If, if I give you the choice of winning Rookie of the Year on the PGA Tour versus making it to Eastlake and making it to that Tour Championship at the end of the year, which one are you going to pick? Um... Well, I think for me, the situation I'm in, I think both go hand in hand. If I 
yeah. earn rookie of the year than I would have made it to the, the tour championship. Um, you know, rookie of the year and making it to the to East Lake were both goals of mine um, coming into the season. And I think you know, obviously making it to East Lake every year should be a goal. But um, I'd probably say, um, man, that, that's close. I don't know. On one hand, you know, I would say rookie of the year because that's just a goal that I had of mine. But you know, there's a lot of great players out here. If you make it to East Lake. You still had an unbelievable season, no matter what the situation. Um, I definitely want to get to East Lake. I mean, I think that's the number one goal right now. And making it to East Lake, if I play well, then I'll have a good chance at winning Rookie of the Year. Certainly should go hand in hand for you. I know that getting to East Lake would get you back to the Masters. That win at the RSM got you your your first trip down Magnolia Lane this year. Was there anything that that stood out from that week, or that maybe surprised you after watching it so many times on TV versus? being on property and inside the ropes and playing Augusta National for, for keeps? Oh, man, that place is magical. Um, I've been once um, when I was younger to a Tuesday practice round, but besides that, I mean, it was, you know, getting to drive down Magnolia Lane for my first time, that was uh, something I won't, I won't ever forget. I mean, it's just, you know, beautiful. Um, the golf course itself, I was a little surprised at, you know, how quick the greens actually got on th Thursday, you know, it was way different to me from Tuesday to Thursday. And, uh, you know, there was a, a big change there. But I think, you know, it was just um, the the difference in the speed and the, and the firmness of the green is the thing that kind of caught me off guard and surprised me. Well, now, as you mentioned, you did have some PGA Tour experience before uh, your rookie season mm -hmm. this year. I want to take you back. I was at the Houston Open in 2015. When you Monday qualified mm -hmm. in, you've got your brother on the bag. You've got that ping stand bag. And you're playing <laughs> with Phil Mickelson in the final group in the third round. What was just, you know, that week was certainly a big week for you. It propelled you on to some, some big things that year. But, but what was that round like, standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with Phil, and you got your brother by your side and trying to keep your head above water that week? No, that was, uh, that was a very memorable moment. Um, I, told my, I, I do remember standing on that tee box and looking at my brother and going, okay, it's a three-wood all the way. <laughs> like for distance wise, yeah. but I cannot see the ball up that low to the ground right now. I have to hit driver. <laughs> and he kind of chuckled, but all right, here's the driver. <laughs> and we went and hit our tee ball. Um, and that was my first real experience of a, a really big crowd. Um, you know, cameras all around and um, just kind of in the contention moment. And, I, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it kind of got me hooked. Um, I really, really enjoyed playing in front of everybody. I, I loved playing in front of the crowd. And, um, you know, I love – he was another guy that, you know, growing up was – he's one of the best in the world. And so getting to play with him and kind of see his game and, you know, see kind of how he navigates the golf course. And I think he – I remember he struggled that day with striking the ball. But, gosh, I got to watch the true Phil magic with his, you know, wedge and – getting to see how he hit the ball, but then getting up and down from everywhere really kind of made me believe that short game, you know, or see firsthand how important short game is out here on the PJ Tour. For and, sure. And um, I think that was one of the moments that, you know, kind of switched my philosophy from on my travel or on my practice schedule. You know, I've, I, I, do, I used to do a whole lot of ball striking, hitting, hitting. I always hated going to the putting at Chippy Green, but, you know, there's such an importance on that in the golf game. And um, 
getting to see Phil, how he kind of handled himself around the golf course, um, helped me to realize that I needed to work on my short game a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a reason that he's been doing what he's been doing for, for more than two decades here, and the short game is certainly exactly. a big key to it. So you had your brother on the bag that week, but as you mentioned, mm -hmm. you've, got, you've got Kip Henley on your bag this season for your successful rookie campaign. Kip uh, likes to speak his mind on Twitter. He's got, he's got a certain... Uh, a strong following there, but but just talk me through how did you two get together uh, to start your rookie season here? Um, we had a mutual friend that connected us. Um, Kip used to be a club pro, and uh, there was a guy who was, um, I guess, an assistant in their or in their little group that they had. They managed, I think, five different courses, and um, the assistant is now the head pro at one of my courses at home, and. He has kept in touch with Kip throughout the years, and he knew that Kip was between bags at the moment whenever I was finishing um, with the web.com regular season and going into the playoffs and or the finals. And um, he said, hey, you want me to you know, get you guys in contact? And I said, yeah, that would be great. Um, and it just kind of went from there. So I got to say, what are your thoughts on the bucket hat that he has? Where you know he's got he's got the top kind of hollowed out there. It is very much mm -hmm. uh, a one of a kind fashion statement on the course. But what are your <laughs> thoughts uh, having to stare at that for five or six hours every day? You know, it's weird to see him in a regular hat or a regular <laughs> bucket hat. <laughs> it's just kind of the normal nowadays. Um, he's kind of he's changed my opinion on it. I understand where, he, where he's coming from. It is a little cooler. Um, than the bucket, you know, a little more airflow in there. So he always says, does the visor make sense when it first came out? Well, maybe not. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. <laughs> See, it's it's that veteran uh, mindset. You got to take the advantages where you can. So, yeah, uh, so as we said, you're you're trying to make your way to East Lake for the Tour Championship uh, this year. You're right on the cusp right now, entering the second leg. But what are your thoughts on some of these? These proposed changes we've seen this week about potentially having a tour championship where the number one seed is starting at 10 under and the, the 30th guy is going to start at even. Is that something you, you're good to roll with, or is that something you think might take some adjustment? Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of um, different opinions on it. I think the new way, you know, if it actually gives a mathematical chance for the 30th person on the list to come in and win um, the tour championship and then win the FedEx cup. Um, so I think it gives more guys a chance and it rewards the guys who have played, you know, more consistent throughout the year with a little bit more of an advantage. Um, there are other things that they are, you know, doing outside of just the tournament that will, I think other you know bonuses and things like that, but um, I think overall guys will end up you know liking it. Um, they're saying you know just give us one year before you start complaining about anything, <laughs> just to fill it out and see kind of what actually does come of it. Mm -hmm. um, so you know we'll see. All right, we shall see. I like that thought. Give us a year. Let's let's see how things go, and then we can fill the suggestion box after that. Uh, so yeah, it's been exactly. it, it's been a big year for you on the course. Big year for you. Off the course, you and your wife uh, recently announced you guys are going to have your first child, baby girl, uh, early next year. Mm -hmm. What what's that process been like? How how excited are you for fatherhood and 
and uh, the, the 3 a.m. diaper changes that I myself am, have just become acquainted <laughs> with that I assure you are coming your way. Yeah, I know they're on their way. Um, no, I'm really excited. I know it's going to be a life-changing moment. Uh, we're both really excited, sorry. And, um, you know, I think the more and more, uh, or the closer we get to the due date, the more it's kind of hit me that, oh, boy, you know, <laughs> five months until life's changing. You know, four months until <laughs> life's changing. Um, but I'm excited about this next stage in life and starting a family and uh, just kind of, I guess, growing up, <laughs> doing grown up, more grown-up things. We're going to have to see if the bucket hat comes in a newborn size. That's a... <laughs> hey, that's yeah. possible. Yeah. Uh, all right, I will, uh, I'll let you get out of here on this one. You are a, a University of Arkansas guy. You're a diehard Razorback. Give me the scouting report on the Chad Morris era that we're about to kick off uh, in Fayetteville for, uh, for the Hogs. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I think his style is going to fit a lot better in the SEC. Um, you know, I, he's saying all the right things with getting the left lane and hammer down. Um, I, you know, we've, we've seen a, a slow progressing offense the last few years. That's very kind um, of you to, to use those terms. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, throughout the game, I mean, it's just run, 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 try and run it up the middle. And, you know, it was mostly uh, three plays and punt. I mean, so, um, Looking forward to seeing some, you know, long passes, just more explosive offense, and hopefully um, a great defense that can get some stops. I mean, that's kind of what needs to happen in the SEC, and um, hopefully, you know, Chad has a very good, I guess, history of coaching. Um, you know, he was obviously he was a Clemson for a while, but then when he went to SMU, he, got, he helped turn that program around, so I'm hoping he can come into Arkansas and do the same thing. So I'm a Florida guy, so I'm very familiar with three plays and a punt and the desire to actually have some sort of <laughs> passing offense this fall. So hopefully hopefully both of yeah. us can uh, start lighting up the scoreboard here uh, as football season is, is again upon us. But Austin Cook, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to, to chat this week. Good luck uh, at TPC Boston. It's certainly going to be uh, a shootout this week, as it always is up there. And hopefully a mm -hmm. couple weeks from now, you're, you're at East Lake. You've got the rookie of the year. You get it all set and uh, – you take care of your, your 2019 schedule before the baby arrives. That would be awesome. All right. Well, this has been a Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Remember, go to Google Play, go to Art19, go to Stitcher, search Golf Channel, or you can go to golfchannel.com slash podcast to download previous episodes and subscribe. Feel free to leave a like and a review. Once again, thanks to Austin Cook for joining us. I'm your host, Will Gray. We'll see you next time. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.